0: I'm Jessica
1: Risker. Welcome to Music Therapy. Music Therapy is a show where I use my experience as a musician here in Chicago and also a licensed clinical professional counselor to bring some more awareness about mental health issues, to talk to the music community and kind of see how they're doing. Uh, I was inspired by you know, everything that's been going on this year um, and I'm really excited today. I've got Sarah Jane Quillen on. She'll be joining us in a minute. i um, Let's see, this is the 40th uh, episode of Music Therapy, so that tells you how long uh, quarantine's been going on. Um, I figured out, well I didn't figure out, Josh, my bandmate figured out that after I have my guest join, uh, the sound on Instagram gets really compressed, and that's why my songs always sound so crappy. So I'm going to try to play my song first before she joins um, to see how that feels, see how that works. I'm going to play a new song. And then I'll ask Sarah to come on. Okay, let me get ready. Hey Josh. Hey Sarah. Hey Rob. Hey everybody. Okay. So I'm going to play a quick song. This is a new song. um, And uh, hopefully it'll sound better than it usually does. And then Sarah will come on and we'll talk to her and see how she's been doing. So this song is called 4AM. sound better than it usually does um all right microphone moved song done let's see let's get sarah on here we can talk to sarah and see how she's been so i'm gonna invite her to join hey jake thanks josh hi hello how are you i'm well how are you thank you so much for playing
2: for us (laughs) oh thanks
1: (laughs) thanks for listening everybody um yeah, hopefully it sounded better than it usually does. Um, yeah, I like your fan, your pictures. How
2: <laughs> have you been? I'm all right. Uh, I realized when you were playing, I would prefer if the whole thing were just me saying another, and then you start playing this <laughs> song. You know, like that for- Yeah, you're on the awesome hot seat. <laughs> um, uh, I'm okay. I am a little nervous. I thought while you were playing, I was like, if Jessica can get on there and play live, I can say a sentence or two, in my own home. <laughs>
1: this is the this is the 40th episode. I uh, I was so nervous the first one that I didn't keep it. I I let it go, but I feel better now. I did feel a little nervous. Um, yeah, watch out for the fan. Watch your head. Um, but that being said, after 40 times, you get a little bit. Even though I'm still nervous, but I'm glad I'm glad to talk to you. And why don't we? Okay, let's let's lay the groundwork. So, I usually start by asking people, like, you know, I mean, this has been going on for a while, but kind of like, to get a picture of how your life may or may not have changed, like before the quarantine happened. What what was your like day to day or week? What did that look like?
2: For sure. So, let's see. I'll trace back a narrative to the beginning of 2020 proper. Um, I feel like 2020 had two beginnings, one in January and then one in March. Yeah. Uh, so it's been, um, sort of, an uh, important year for me because I just graduated from, a seven and a half year PhD program uh-huh. in January. Um, so my week to week for that whole time was just working, uh, during the day and then pretty regularly playing, you know, once a month or so uh, music out in Chicago and then attending shows with my friends. Um, what do you was, doing for work? Uh, I'm a biologist. So I study um, and I work in a laboratory, perform experiments, analyze them. And uh, I'm a bacterial geneticist. I study how, um, Bacterial DNA allows them to live and adapt in different environments. Generally, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> so I had been working on a certain project for a really long time, and then I graduated. So now I'm a doctor of microbiology, and I was really to it. Thank you. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, and I was sort of really looking forward to starting a new job, which I did start. Um, at the beginning of February. And then um, sort of in the wake of finishing a large amount of requirements for the PhD, I was looking forward to getting, um, so, like getting settled into my new job and then sort of seeing people um, in Chicago going to shows and seeing friends that I hadn't maybe been able to come out for uh-huh. as much while I was finishing my program. So that had been my uh, my plan for the spring and for the year.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then, but you played some big shows early this year too yourself, right?
2: Uh, so, yes, the band of, um, I love my band. I miss playing uh, with my bandmates Rob Logan and Mallory um, Linehan very much. And we played the biggest show we've ever played our first show at Lincoln Hall in January. <laughs> which was just um, a wonderful experience for me and really a surreal experience too. We were the opener for like a performer that really heavily drew the venue. So it was completely full when Uh we played um, and really nerve wracking and really fun. And then that was the last show that we played. (laughs) So.
1: How did you, I mean, you were looking forward to this year to like being able to have the space to go out and see friends and what did you have any thoughts about what you wanted to do with your own music and performing and writing
2: um so we have a finished record um that we made last year with um a production duo Robbie Haynes and Ziad Azrar uh, who were running a DIY label called fine prints and um, they decided to end the label, but we made the record very much collaboratively, um, the five of us
0: uh-huh. together.
2: So now we were looking forward to finding a home for the record and then releasing it and supporting it. And that completely is on hold for now, which is um, okay and necessary. So that was the, the plan for 2020 as well. Um
1: you're just sitting on a record right now (laughs) (laughs) yeah
2: um uh, i think in the context of the civil rights movement and the way that labels and musicians are suffering economically right now it just seems like prudent to wait and Uh i'm okay with that but so unexpected for sure (laughs)
1: yeah what what is your
2: day-to-day look like now um, so getting like getting back to my new job I I'm very happy to have very grateful to have um, is also a biological research position and um, I moved into a field that I'm very passionate about um, studying some mechanisms for how the bacteria um, that occupy our Um, gut intestinal tract may Mm -hmm. influence our behavior. Uh So I've been very interested in these questions for a long time and then I just started a position um, where I could do some research that could potentially contribute um, to this field. I'm very excited about. So I started, um, was getting used to the um, new system, new environment for about um, a month and then stayed at home for two months Um, Because even the research laboratories closed if you weren't working directly on COVID. Uh Um, And then I started again in June. So I'm um, working every day in the laboratory, um, masked and socially distanced from my coworkers. And then I used to commute on the CTA and now I'm a bicycle commuter. So that's Uh how I've adapted to
1: does it feel very different in the lab to take these uh, safety measures than what it usually feels like? Um,
2: it's it's um it's entirely doable. Wearing uh wearing a mask all day for me was initially um, something I had to get used to, but it's something I don't even think about now. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's like something. That you can adapt to and i I initially um felt like I almost totally couldn't bike with it on um but now uh-huh. I, all that also has to do with the weather cooling off slightly <laughs> What's your favorite kind of mask <laughs> um i we're, provide my employer provides us with the um, blue layered surgical masks mm-hmm. um so that's the only kind of mask I know i guess um uh-huh. I have been some nice cloth masks from other people, but I prefer the surgical ones
1: i'm I'm interested in you know I know I don't know anything about this besides the superficial that there there is like you said more of an interest these days in how like gut bacteria might like you said influence behavior and also mental health that that's something that people are talking a lot about um and I don't know anything beyond that that's something people are exploring but what can you share a little bit more like what, uh, Josh pointed out last time that, you know, he was pointing out like vocal tics when I say like a lot. So now every time I say like, I'm really self-conscious about it. Anyway, so, okay. um, Can you talk about some of the interest that you've had in, you know, how gut bacteria influences behavior? Certainly,
2: yes. Um, So I love this stuff. I find it, just really uh, like both, both intuitive, because um, most people say, you know, like the way that your, your stomach and your gut feels like affects your mood, uh-huh. but also just biologically, it seems like an entirely uh, new frontier to me. The way that I first started reading about it, um, so the field itself is really maybe like 10 to 15 years old. Um, so it's very new, and the way that um, the bacteria may influence our behavior is largely unknown. Mm-hmm. Uh, but some, some initial research clues, um, there's a woman uh, from Caltech, a researcher named Elaine Hassau, and she did a study, which was the first study I ever read, um, about this topic, where um, her group had a mouse model of autism. Um, which is not mice don't actually um, have autism it's a um, it's a model system where the mice exhibit certain behaviors um, they uh, can't tolerate certain free noise frequencies they um, stick to the outside of um, their research environment instead of like walking through the middle of say like a space and mm-hmm. they repetitively bury like marbles in the sand so just things like this mm-hmm. and her group showed that um by doing a transplant of a certain gut bacterium um, from one type of mice uh healthy quote-unquote mouse to these mice that exhibit um these behaviors that the bacteria itself was able to um, influence these behaviors and like make them more like the healthy mice. And then they trace the actual chemicals that were responsible for this. Um, so that was the first uh, study that I saw. It really blew my mind and I've been following the field ever since. Um, there are correlations between people who have when they'll they'll sample um, the components of the microbiome from different groups of people and just see like what types of bacterial species are present. Mm -hmm. And um, there are correlations between people with major depression and um, a lack of GABA, a neurotransmitter producing bacteria in that cohort of people. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of the, those are a few examples um, of the like actual research findings that they have now. And now the major questions are, you know, how are the bacteria contributing on a molecular level? Um are there secreted compounds that are going through the blood or signaling through the nervous system to the brain and then like how that's actually happening. Okay. The uh, so long yeah. long-winded answer. But no,
1: it's it's <laughs> fascinating. Um What's the, is the starting point considered the bacteria themselves or is it, would mood have any impact on bacteria?
2: So I believe it's both, which is usually the case like in um, a bacterial host interaction that one can influence the other and vice versa. It's also um, increasingly appreciated that the um, human immune system as well as hormone signaling and the microbiota have a complex interplay. So these are like, they're big questions that I think are going to take, um, you know, decades to piece apart, but that many talented groups of people around the world are working on Uh now. Um, They they say, you know, what is the, like, what is the end goal? um, And something that a lot of people bring up is the potential for personalized, probiotic medicines um for a variety of different ailments um and possibly mental mental health issues as well
1: okay um yeah that's and it's making me think of course of elon musk and his chips
2: <laughs> i hope i don't sound i hope i don't sound anything like elon musk on a podcast jessica <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: that that's fascinating. I don't really have I wish I had more to like add to it, but I really like hearing about it. Um Is there did you talk about what you specifically are looking at?
2: Uh what your I'll project gloss, is awesome? I'll gloss over that till I have something to I'll skip that until okay. I have something to show. <laughs> okay, okay. Secret. Well
1: so I mean, you're spending do you do you go to the lab every day? Is that like a full time
2: I do. Um I had always, before this happened, I had um, wondered what would what my life would be like if I. I've never, um, since I was a teenager, lived outside of Chicago, so I'm very like, you know, much um, used to being here. Before the lockdown, being able to yeah. just go to Cafe Mustache after work or go to the Empty Bottle after work and see a bunch of people I love, and I had always wondered like what my life might be like if I had moved. Um, for a research position and then I were just sort of at home and then going to do my research and coming back home and that's exactly it's similar to what is happening now so I um, I just I, I bike to work and then I I research as well as I can yeah. and then home and it's okay so, it's okay are you ready to move <laughs> um no I I've definitely here for a, quite a while since I just started the job but I do miss, Um, I miss the community, the musical community very much, as I'm sure you do too.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you live with anybody?
2: Uh, I don't. This is uh, just me and my fan. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: so what, if any, social... Interaction? Do you have now? Do you feel isolated? Do you have people in the lab that you're friendly with? How does that look for you? Um, I
2: I don't feel um, I don't feel painfully isolated. Um, although I do just really miss uh, playing music and seeing other people play music live. Um, but I have a handful of coworkers um, whom I are, are really smart and interesting, and who I met. Um, at the and beginning, who, what? who, yeah. who my, I just, uh, who I just met since my job is, oh. new, So uh-huh. um, it's been nice getting to know them. And then, um, I see my boyfriend more, uh, often than anyone else. And he is a great, um, source of support. And I have been, uh, camping in my mom's lawn all summer, like pretty regularly with uh-huh. my brother. We are trying. We're um, being extra, extra careful about not um, about social distancing with her. Um, So we haven't gone into the house yet. We've been camping in the lawn.
0: Uh
2: My favorite type of social interaction for sure.
1: (laughs) How are you feeling about impending uh, winter?
2: Uh, pretty scared. Pretty scared. the winter is always hard here, um, as I, I'm sure everyone who lives here has experienced. But I don't think I can keep my bike commute up uh, oh. in the cold, and then there won't be the well, maybe we'll see. We can all bundle up, but I don't know if there will be the same casual option of like going on a walk around the block with your friend, both your masks on. Right. Winter. I've and, noticed. I mean, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead uh mostly i just really uh i'm ready to bear the winter um just fine i am very anxious about the election results um hoping and uh I'm pretty nervous at this point
1: <laughs> yeah it's it's stressful i i was Many of my clients now are kind of, I think there's something about Labor Day in September starting that it does feel like there's a shift happening with people where in the summer there is limited options, but at least you could go outside and sit in a park and walk around and it's nice. But with everything coming up, both the election and the winter time, it does feel like we're about to get into a harder phase. Um, I'm interested in your, you know, those are two, you know, these. Would you say these are sort of two main areas of your life? Maybe you have more, but music and also your work?
2: Yeah, um, those are the two things that I um, am just very happy to do and grateful to be able to keep doing. Um, They're both uh, sort of endless. Like you never really really solve science. It just keeps like unfolding in front of you. And I, I feel like music can be the same way do you do you like that feeling i do yeah it's nice to um i've just never totally i'm still excited about um both avenues uh with music um i was really looking forward to i like to just keep um making recordings and so i was looking forward to sort of like having this record um out there and then it's been probably one year since my band has had three members instead of just two and oh. uh, i really was looking forward to learning to i used to be sort of the only melodic instrument
0: mm-hmm.
2: um and i was really looking forward to learning to play with another um uh, my bandmate Mallory mallory's a violinist and also like does a lot of uh cool like noise um basically like tape loops and i was kind of looking forward to learning to play to another person during writing like writing grooves so i'm sure we will still uh be able to do that but we haven't played, none, none of us have practiced together because we're sort of scared of infecting one another in a closed environment so it's a long-winded answer too but um yeah i'm still gonna keep making music and trying to make music differently and
1: well, what does that look like?
2: Are you working on stuff right now? Uh, to tell you the truth, I, I took quite... Um, I just wanted to do it f- what felt natural or what came <laughs> to me. Um, I have been playing at home a bit just recently. Um, but for most of the lockdown, I haven't felt like making music at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess... There's an element to um, the public health crisis and the civil rights movement that makes it f- it's a feeling of uh, like collective emotion or collective pain mm-hmm. uh, and my music is usually comes from a place of like personal emotion, so those two things I just I didn't really feel like singing my writing my little songs during the <laughs> the lockdown yeah. Um, but it's been, it's been nice to just, uh, I'm looking forward to jamming again with like other people whenever it's safe to do that.
1: Yeah. What, I want to ask about kind of your relationship with music and what place, your relationship with what place it has in your life. Are you, is this something that you feel like you would like to grow do you feel a certain ambition with it is it something that's an outlet like what is your uh, relationship
2: um it is but it is both um i think about i think about this question pretty regularly and don't have a finite answer um for myself i always want to keep playing music Mm -hmm. having a a project in a band and then sort of like um, actively working to grow the band, get outside support for the band and then like grow the following is something I have been doing and I intend to continue to do. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have a, an idea of an ambition of like, oh, I want to become uh, any particular thing at uh-huh. all with it. Um but I do just wanna keep keep playing. And I think I might I might just be sort of naturally um and amb- I'm like mildly naturally ambitious with uh-huh. anything. So I just sort of let it keep rolling the way it has um has been. I'd like to keep making records for the uh-huh. future and then stay with my Bandmates, whom I really appreciate, and then just be able to to play and be peers with people like you and people like my friends.
1: So. It's been really interesting to have these conversations with people and, and kind of talk about you know, the relationship with music in terms of career, all you know, creative outlet, kind of where things stand, and hear hear how they think about that when i listen to you kind of talk i wonder if if we're considering like music and your you know your scientific biologist side do you feel like you're the biologist in you had a more concrete landing point like i want to work in a lab this is what i'm aiming for whereas music is more i want to keep doing
2: it but it's more fuzzy i i would say there's definitely more of an um a direct trajectory of where um, scientific training will lead, yeah. and I have followed. Um, I've followed the academic path that academic scientists take, and I'm still on that path.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, although there is a point when being a scientist can take different contexts, um, and mm-hmm. Music is definitely a lot fuzzier. I think Chicago, um, I've been influenced by the community and seeing um, the great things other people have done and then like seeing how I can build my own project for myself and that's been um, very inspiring to me. And then just seeing artistically like what people have made and then, you know, being sort of uh, how I can try to be more creative in my own um process of making making music but i think if i had lived in i think the environment that i came up playing music in has had a large influence on that um so that's the structure i get like the chicago diy community has provided a certain type of structure just examples for me Um, can you give
1: some uh some some specific examples of what you've been influ-
2: who who you've been influenced by or what you've been influenced by? So, I would say like I I've only been playing music um in front of other people for about 5 years, mm-hmm. uh, which may be like surprising sometimes because I have played a lot in those mm-hmm. years. Um I started playing the drums uh like greatly influenced by just a few of my friends who taught themselves the drums Mm -hmm. uh, in their sort of early 20s. Um, My friend Rhonda Lowry, um, who was a drummer in Famous Laughs and then Erica Esso in New York. My friend Zach Hebert, who's a drummer in the Hex. And then um, my friend Jeff Tice, who's a drummer in another band and moved. And I sort of was like, that looks so fun. They taught themselves like I could teach myself too then from there I just said I really want to play with other people will someone play drums with me um, my friend Eddie agreed and we started playing and then I was sitting around at his house being like I wish someone would play more with me and practice more with me uh-huh. all the time and um, my friend Emily Kemp was there and texted me hey I'll play with you you want to practice I'll practice with you and then we started playing um, in a band called Heavy Dreams just all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, she has like a really high innate energy for creating things. Um, we wrote about six songs and then just like went playing them all, everywhere all the time. And mm-hmm. she provided like a really interesting example to me of how to make music, do a DIY band, um, make your own tapes, make your merch. Uh-huh. Um, Write songs and just like keep keep going and keep that inertia and that was really important to me and I, um, t- and totally internalized by this day with starting and doing my band too. So because it's fun. So
1: <laughs> it sounds like even before you really dove into this, that you had a lot of friends who were musicians. How did you find yourself and and in bands that are doing really well and you
2: know, have been around for a while. How'd you find all those people? That's true. I, um, so I've lived here since 2005. Um, but I have been a sort of an avid showgoer since I was a really young teenager. Mm -hmm. Um, I grew up in the rural Midwest and we would drive long distances to go to shows. And that was sort of just like the fun way to spend your time. And I am often, um, surprised that in my early 30s, I still feel that way. Like, I would get excited to go to shows. Um, I would say I met a very large percentage of my friends uh, in my mid-20s going to um, situations in Logan's <laughs> Um That was uh, probably right before I started grad school. Um, and I remember I had just met and been hanging out around with like, a group of creative people who would make, uh, were played in bands, um, played at Ottoman Empire in Logan Square a lot, the DIY venue, and then would make like, um, kind of like silly sketch comedy put on YouTube. So I had a small group of friends and that group would often go to situations and see bands and see shows. And from there I sort of learned about all the other DIY venues and Um, during those years, I think 2010, like 2011 and 12 situations had a show maybe every weekend. Mm -hmm. And so it was like really a hub, um, for people, uh, to meet one another and really great friends, um, coming in from uh, both coasts and, you know, people my own age, like really caring about what they made and, um. You know, wanting to make music in a way that wasn't based around partying, but was about, you know, just like really, really listening to each other, and and, um, I was like, socially and then creatively really influenced by that environment. Okay.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Um, it it made me think when you're talking about doing sketches. It made me think about the show, which is one of my favorite comedy shows that you host A Cafe Mustache. The name of that show is?
2: Uh, Casual Agony.
1: So how, you know, that was like a monthly show for when did you guys start Casual Agony?
2: Uh, we started that, my um, very beloved friend, Eddie Rivera. Um, and I started that in summer of 2015, mm-hmm. I believe um it ended up being like four times a year then three times a year and then two um because it uh i'm always so grateful to the people who want to perform and maybe someday you'll do it jessica <laughs> Never, Never <do> <laughs> um, but it's it's a sort of a lot of work on the planning end mm-hmm. um And that always is so fun. That started just because um, Cafe Mustache, which is such a um, a important and influential place for DIY uh, music and art, that was when Cafe Mustache um, expanded from being just a cafe to being a performance venue and bar on the other side. And they had gotten a GoFundMe and then actually opened the second half of the venue and the stage, which is like, you know, just a cor- sort of like the corner of the room, was sitting there and nice with its like sparkly red curtains. And we were all just like, "What should we do on the stage? Like, what could what could we do on the uh-huh. stage?" And that was when the, the idea came up. So, can you
1: can you share for anybody who hasn't been there or other listeners, you know, what the spirit of the show is?
2: Uh, sure. So, um, Casual Agony is a comedy night. Uh, specifically, uh, for short, um, like three-minute, approximately stand-up comedy or just performative comedy. Uh, specifically, from people who have never, never done stand-up comedy before. Okay. The vast majority of performers are, um, like, mainly musicians or mainly visual artists. Um, so. It's always interesting to see when someone focuses their creativity into the medium of stand-up comedy. There's something about trying to do stand-up that makes people feel just like really nervous and really awful, (laughs) so, (laughs) including myself, like who had never done it. I had never done it before we started the show. And then I always, Eddie and I would always open the, with an opening monologue. Um, and now Tim Mikowski has been doing it with me. I'm very grateful to have him as a co-host. Um, it was supposed to be Ju- July 24th was going to be the uh, summer Casual Agony this year.
1: I mean, you're that's I, I had a new pre- appreciation for you because you're very funny. I, I mean, I really saw that the Casual <laughs> Agony. How did you, Thank
2: you... I guess I'm wondering, I mean, that's
1: a whole other Thank branch is comedy. How did you come
2: to have that idea of doing the show. yeah i think that it would be a comedy think, you know i mean how did you I think it started i think it started with eddie and i just said what if we tried to get it and then um being like oh no you know that the thought of that sounds so bad um and then just make that the entire um point of the show i remember the first one um, the first one we did, he said, "Oh, we should do this at the opening of Happy Mustache's venue side." And then we went to the um, we went to the Bucktown Public Pool the next day, and like uh-huh. like wrote down the list on a piece of scratch paper of people we wanted to ask uh-huh. to do it. And we thought there would only be one. We were like, "This can only possibly happen one time." Um, and then it like unexpectedly sold out the the you know small like small uh, but substantial venue and then yeah. it's it's just never stopped happening. Um, yeah, it's,
1: I mean even but, for the asking people to do short stuff, people do elaborate stuff up there.
2: <laughs> I think like something I always want to you know there 'cause because there's an entire creative comedy really strong creative comedy mm-hmm. community in Chicago, and I I always just kind of um, I think I'm like. Well, musicians are really funny because everyone just stands around at shows riffing with each other, yeah. And, like and being funny. Well, you know, let's let's show everyone, but but never do you know. But they never like perform this way. Well, let's see what happens if they do. And I think I think there's so many secret jokesters around the community that that's why it's had this long. Uh, run.
1: <laughs> I, I I love that. I mean, I love, I probably maybe I shouldn't say so I probably love watching live comedy more than I love watching live music. Um, I feel like the comedy spirit, whether it's improv or stand up comedy in Chicago, blending with the Chicago music scene, the first band that always comes to my mind is Richard Album or he'll, you know, Shelby will just do this skit and I love the music and I love the skits. and It's always really funny. And it's just like this really great I don't know if this happens in other places or cities, but I do think it's something that Chicago has a special blend of. It's this comedy scene, which hopefully will survive. Um it's a whole other interview, I guess. But um but I really I love the show. I've always uh yeah, I miss that show a lot. I think it's so great. It's always been so packed when I've gone and I've loved watching you and the show and um you just wanted to talk about that a little bit. Um as far as kind of circling back to, you know, mental health and how people are coping, are there things, are there, let me put the question out there and then I'll let you talk. Are there particular things that have been a struggle for you? Are there ways that you have found things that you do or things that have helped you, you know, when you haven't been able to get out and are living by yourself and what does this look like for you?
2: Um, Let's see. So I would say one thing I've noticed that I found um, like pretty interesting, and I think has um, hopefully will make me a more like empathetic friend or empathetic um, like contributor to social situations is I have always been a pretty naturally extroverted person. Um, ever since I was very young, which is, um, I really appreciate and I have a lot of close friends who experience social anxiety in big groups um, or going to like an event like the one that I host or just, you know, going to shows in general. And I um, luckily have not like had to struggle with that hurdle. Mm-hmm. following the months of isolation um, and then now I have um, directly experienced those feelings like not like I could never imagine what they were like before but in a um, like very palpable sort of draining way just to so I feel like I it's almost like an interesting experiment with just a um, a population of one, that someone who really didn't have a lot of anxiety going into social situations, with large groups of people, or strangers, or anything. Um, being in isolation has made it so I am, you know, experiencing like nervousness and anxiety just meeting my friend who I who I like a lot, like to go from. Uh-huh. You know, it's sort of like uh, I think in interesting Testament to how isolation can, um, like contribute to those feelings in people. Um, and I feel like I understand that better than I ever did before. Um, I, I'm, I'm like coping. Okay. I'm very grateful to have a job, um, and not be struggling in a lot of, of other ways. I feel like, a lot of daily anxiety and just like sadness for groups of disenfranchised people in the wake of the public health crisis, but then also um, the civil rights movement um, that's happening now. So th- those type of feelings and that anxiety, I almost don't, I try, I'm trying not to, I, I follow the news like pretty closely every day those like those feelings of fear or anxiety seem actually very true and like very necessary to be aware of. Mm -hmm. I feel pretty like nervous about the direction that is going. Um, So I'm just like, sort of like staying in and keeping my routine. Um, uh, I don't know if I have any other particular coping mechanisms.
1: When you when you find yourself beating up with a friend and you feel anxious, how when you see them and when you spend some time with them, does it change?
2: Yeah, usually my I I am also lucky to have um, kind, non-judgmental friends. So usually I tell them and then uh-huh. kind of like breaks it, um, or it just like breaks immediately after I actually do the thing. I find that the bulk of the anxiety is. Up the uh, um the anticipation yeah portion of the interaction. Um and just kind of like, you know, things that are unlikely but then seem worrisome to me at the time. Like what are we gonna talk about? What if I'm really tired? Like just uh-huh. that kind of thing. It's I have
1: some clients who are very extroverted and I think they're experiencing the difficulty of this maybe not in the way that you described people I'm thinking about in that, you know, they've become more anxious, but that they're feeling a lot of depression because they can't get out and do these things. And so sort of the solution that they crave is kind of impossible to do because you can't just go out and see a bunch of people all the time. But it's interesting that you're saying that, you know, just by kind of almost practicing being alone a little bit more that, I mean, how did, how is it feeling to you to be alone? Are you getting used to that? Are you? Did you spend a lot of time with other people before all of this? Yeah,
2: I think I had a. Um, the PhD work in general is somewhat isolating. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a large. Um, you have to put a lot of time into the work, and then I I put a lot of solo time into. Um, writing my thesis and so I definitely was the um, the physical like isol- and social isol- isolation doesn't feel entirely um, it's not it's not like from it's not like a binary switch from oh I was yeah. a lot of people time. Yeah. Um, but I think that that sort of prepared me I do uh, just miss like outdoor shows and I like to um, organize and curate like small things sometimes. So I miss, I miss the ability to do do those things this summer.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: is there? Let's see. I know we kind of touched on. We had talked about you know beforehand talking about the DIY scene. I guess I just wanted before we wrap up check in and see if there's anything else that you wanted to to touch in on or, or share with anybody.
2: Um, I guess I just I really miss everyone. I love seeing what you're making and listening to your music. Uh, let me know what you're up to. Uh, anyone can feel free to say hello and contact me anytime. It was so good to talk to you. I wish that I, I really want to um, interview you and like flip the. I <laughs> <laughs> could ask you all about your life too
1: um well thank you very much for being on it is really nice to talk to you
2: thank you Jessica it was so nice to talk to you I love I love the idea of this podcast and please keep doing it
1: okay thank you okay Well Sarah Sarah Jane culinary oh Sarah uh desert liminal where can people go like support it and listen to your music if they want to hear what you're doing
2: Uh, Desert okay
1: Got it. Thank you very much. Thank you guys so much for watching. I'm going to, let's see. How do I, I don't know how to actually, hold on. This is new. They changed something. Um, I'm just going to end it here because I don't want to lose the thing. So thank you guys for watching. I'll be back next Saturday. And, uh, oh, there she goes. She figured it out for me. It's good. Um, yeah, thank you guys for sticking around. It'll be up on my IG uh, TV and also on Spotify, iTunes, and YouTube. I want to put it on all those places. It's a podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching and and coming. I hope you guys are doing well. I miss you all as well. And please feel free to message and reach out. I'm a little bit of a shyer person, so I probably don't reach out as much as, as I want to talk to you. So, um, hope you guys are doing well and, uh, see you next Saturday.